Amen. I want to say what a huge, tremendous honor it is to be with all of you this morning. I've never journeyed this far north on the, on the west coast, so this is a first for me. And I must say that it is far colder than I anticipated and am not prepared for the weather. Cold to us in Mexico is about 50 degrees. And if we leave the doors open too long at 50 degrees, your toes start getting a little too cold. And so all I've got this week is a vest. And unfortunately this morning it didn't quite cut it. But I'm honored to be with you all. I I consider it a tremendous honor. And I esteem your pastor and his wife very highly. Because not only are they the men and women of God of this city, but they are an example to each and every one of us in ministry to be who God has called us to be, to be a real person, to be a worshiper, and to have the Spirit of God. Amen. I closed my eyes in praise and worship during one of the songs, and uh, I opened my eyes and he was gone. And when you're in a place that you're not familiar, and it's your first time and the pastor disappears, that's not a good feeling. And so I turned around looking for him, and he was running the aisles. And I didn't have a spirit of rebellion. I just didn't catch the man of God leave. But I appreciate the the spirit of a true worshiper that leads by an example and is a servant of the work of God. I, I am tremendously honored to be with them in their presence, and I thank you guys for having us here at Cornerstone. I want to say uh, a tremendous honor it is uh, for the accommodations, and the basket was uh, probably one of the best baskets I've ever seen. So whoever was uh, responsible for that, I give you honor because there was so much goodness in a basket. I didn't know that that was possible, but I thank you. I want to give honor to my wife today who is with me. I consider it a huge honor. I don't always get to travel with her. Amen. And I want to say a huge thank you to this church, the people of God. Firstly, because if you were not here, uh, there would be no one to preach to. And secondly, for your faithfulness and investment in the kingdom of God, uh, you guys are faithful supporters of the work in Rosarito, and I consider it a a tremendous blessing to be here with all of you that are kingdom-minded people. Amen. I want to be about the Father's business. Amen. I want to be about the kingdom of God. Amen. And at the beginning of this year, I'll just give you a a quick uh, synopsis of where we are and a a short update. Um, We are in Rosarito, Baja, California, North Baja, California, uh, in Mexico. Um, We are approximately 15 minutes south of Tijuana. Um, About five minutes from our church building is a big sign that says, Bienvenidos a Tijuana. Welcome to Tijuana. Um, And at some point, 
those two cities will collide and Rosarito will be a suburb of the greater city in Tijuana. And I'm believing uh, that God is going to pour out a tremendous revival in the area because we desperately need the kingdom of God to come to that area. Amen. But at the beginning of, of December, I reached out to uh, our landlady uh, because we, we needed to figure out our next year's uh, lease agreement. We had originally signed for uh, a single year to see what, what would happen in the first year. And in the first year, God has been uh, amazing to the kingdom of God and to the church in Rosarito. We started as a, a Bible study. Um, some people were, were traveling about an hour and a half to go to church in Ensenada in the Rodriguez's work there. And Brother Rodriguez approached me a number of uh, months back and asked, uh, do you like Mexico? And so I, I said, man, every time I come to Mexico, I get good tacos, good food, good fellowship. I love Mexico. And he said, um, would you like to move here? And my initial response was, absolutely not. I'm not interested in moving here. But we began to pray, began to fast about what God had in store. And uh, this January will be one year in Rosarito, Mexico, by the grace of God, who has been so good to us. Amen. And so we have, we have gone from a Bible study of about 12 people uh, and two weekends ago, the week of Christmas, we had 32 people in service with us. And so God has done a miraculous work. Amen. And so because of that, we have, we have outgrown the space that we're presently in. And so I reached out to the landlady, the owner of the, the property that we're renting, uh, and asked her kind of what we could do for the following year because we're running out of space she said, I actually own this space and the space next door. And she said, I would be willing to, to give it to you for a, for a certain price. And so we began to begin a discussion. Um, but I asked her, I said, there are, there are still people in this space. And she said, well, here's the problem. She calls me pastor. She said, here's the problem, pastor. She said, sometimes I get rent and sometimes I don't. And if I go collect the rent, it'll only be half. And sometimes it, it will not be complete. And she said, what I like about you guys is you're always on time. And I always know that there's money in my account at the first of the month. And so I reached out to her over New Year's because we have our one-year anniversary service on January 21st and said, what's the status of the building? And she told me, she said, I will make sure that they do not pay their rent this month. Now, whatever that means, I'm not completely sure, but all I know is that God's got it under control. Amen. Because as long as you preach the word of God, the kingdom of God will add unto the church. Amen, amen. And so... God has been faithful to us. I'm, I'm incredibly honored to be with you. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn your attention to the book of Acts, chapter number one, beginning in verse number four. 
this portion of service typically takes some time in Rosarito because the majority of the people that are in our church, uh, they don't know that there's an Old and a New Testament. And so finding the books of the Bible when you're not sure what is where is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. And so if you have it, say amen. Amen. Verse number four, the Bible says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore, excuse me, I lost my place, glory. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. What is fascinating about this passage of Scripture to me is the intricate design of the way that the Bible was created. Because in Acts chapter number 1, verse number 8, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth outlines the entire book of Acts. You will find that they are preaching in Jerusalem. They are preaching in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. I'm thankful today that the kingdom of God is not just for a specific group of people and that it is not just for a specific land or a specific area but that the kingdom of God is forever. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is from generation to generation. And I'm grateful to be a part of the kingdom of God because I know who the king is. And if you know who the king is this morning, you're an heir to the kingdom. And you can begin talking to the king as if you can ask for things that nobody else can ask because the king is on your side today. Hallelujah. If you've got a need in your body today, the king is in this place. If you've got a need in your family this morning, the king knows where you are and he knows every need that you have. Hallelujah. If you would put your hands together and give God praise. Hallelujah. Amen. For a few moments this morning, I want to preach from this topic, but ye shall receive power. But ye shall receive power. Amen. Would you lift up your hands with me? God, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us, that there would be a power that would be lifted up from on high, that your anointing would fill this place, that you would begin to move in the lives and the hearts of men and women in this house. I pray, God, that a miraculous work and a miraculous touch would take place in this house. I declare it in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe that, put your hands together. 
Hallelujah. And while you're clapping your hands, why don't you just declare it with your voice that God is going to do a miraculous work in this place, that before we leave this house, God is going to move in a special way. Hallelujah. If you came with something that you have need of, the king is in this place. And the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be in the midst of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. From the very beginning of time, God has always wanted to bless his people. In Genesis chapter number one, verse number 26, the Bible says that humanity was to have dominion over every animal and over the earth. They were created in the image of God to perform each and every one of these things. And so beginning at creation, Adam and Eve were blessed of God. They were specifically told to to multiply and to replenish the earth. But because of the fall of man, there were complications in this process. They were unable to to take dominion over what they were supposed to take dominion over. They were challenged by their sin and by the fall of man. The Bible tells us in Genesis that there are three international failures, if you will, that that, uh, are included in the first 11 chapters of Genesis, but after each failure of the people of God, there is also an international promise for the people of God. And the third international failure is the story of the Tower of Babel, which we understand is a group of people that thought that they were higher than God, and they were going to construct a tower unto the heavens so that they could see and peer into the heavens to see what God was really up to. They wanted to see if they could actually, in fact, be who God was. They tried to to make themselves above God. And this was a, a great failure in the history of humanity. But after this failure, there was a promise that was given to Abraham in Genesis chapter number 12, verse number one. And thus, Abraham's descendants were to be set apart They were to be different than everybody else. They were to be a a nation unlike any other nation in history. They had been given a divine call, and they had been ordained with a divine destiny. And in these verses, in verse number one, the Bible says, Now the Lord hath said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and unto a land which I will show thee, and will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. It was from this promise, and it was from this prophecy that God began to again uh, bless his people. And it was this time through the call of Abraham and through his descendants, which would eventually, there would be a man that would come from the descendants 
of Abraham that would be a mediator between you and I whose name is Jesus Christ who would come unto this earth as a perfect sacrifice so that you and I would be able to inherit the kingdom of God. But there first had to be a man that was blessed. There had to be an individual and a group of people that was to be set apart. And it is here through these verses that we develop the theology of mission where we recognize and we understand that in order to be used in the kingdom of God, the first thing that you must have is a blessing. You must be blessed in the kingdom of God in order to do anything in the kingdom of God. And in order to do the mission of God, it is required that the individual first be blessed of God. And so if you look at what blessing looks like in the Old Testament, we can read of Aaron and his sons in Numbers chapter 6, verse number 23. The Bible says, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord shall bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace and they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. This was the blessing of the children of Israel. This was not just a blessing for the specific group or the elite from Moses and Aaron and the priests. But the Bible says that this blessing is for the children of Israel. It is for the people of God. It is a blessing that that is so strong that when you walk into certain places in certain areas, there is a presence that shines through your face that people begin to recognize a difference because you're not like everybody else, but you're blessed of God and they can see it in your face. This wasn't just reserved for Moses and Aaron, but this was for everybody that would become a descendant in the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you today that the first blessing that you receive in the kingdom of God is when you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you begin to speak in an unknown language that you cannot comprehend and that you do not know. When the Holy Ghost begins to move in your life, you begin to be blessed of God because people can begin to recognize a difference in your face. They don't know what it is. They're not sure what's going on, but they see something in your face that nobody else has had. What they're seeing on the inside of you is the power, is the presence, is the spirit of God that is bleeding up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. If you've got the Holy Ghost in this place, I wonder if you would just begin to give God praise for the spirit that is on the inside of you that is able to make men look upon you that your face would shine upon them. Hallelujah, I've come to tell somebody today, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, this blessing is not just for me. This blessing is not just for this group of people, but it is for everybody that is willing to offer themselves up unto God as a sacrifice and say, God, I will be what you have called me to be, and I will do what you have called me to do, because it is for whosoever will. Hallelujah, if you're thankful for the Holy Ghost, put your hands together. Hallelujah. I feel a pause in the spirit right here because there's something moving right here. Somebody needs a renewing of the power of the Holy Ghost this morning. 
There's a visitor today that needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I believe that today is your day. Tonight is your night for you to be able to receive the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. It is this blessing that we are able to be set apart from the world. We are, we are different. We are, we are people that are peculiar, but not peculiar as in weird. Peculiar as in set apart and different. And this is what happens when somebody comes to this church and they sit in the back and they begin to look around and see everybody that, that is here and, and they see nice suits and they see people that, that they don't even, they aren't even capable to, to reach to. They see people that, that are so nicely dressed and, and this is not even something that is attainable for me. But what they don't recognize is they have just stepped into the kingdom of God. They have just stepped into something that they will not receive anywhere else because the kingdom of God is not just another religion. The kingdom of God is not just another form of government. But the Bible says that he became the government. He put the government on his shoulders and he became unto us like as we are. He was tempted at all points, but he was man just like we are. But he was also God at the same time because he was manifested in the flesh. And so for those of you that maybe feel like this is not reachable and you can't attain it if you only know my testimony, if you only knew where God had brought me from, I was a such were some of you but now because of the grace of God I am washed I am justified I am sanctified I am redeemed because the power of God is moving on the inside of me I want to preach to somebody today that today is your opportunity. You don't need to wait until you are entered into the kingdom of God. You need to press your way into the kingdom by whatever means it may be possible so that you can operate in the operation that God is wanting for your life. Hallelujah. We had a, a couple come to our church a number of, of weeks ago and they came to church and, and they were broken, you can tell. And, and they first came on a Bible study night and I wasn't really sure who they were. Uh, I got to find out that they were, they were connected so, to some family that was in our church. And so I started asking them about their testimony, where they're from, if they attend a church. And uh, the first question I asked, ironically, which is not, in my character, in my nature, I said, are, are you guys married? And uh, she said, no, we're not married. We're, we're partners. We're friends. And I said, okay, that's, that's cool. Like, do you guys live together? She said, yeah. And so I said, okay, well, you know, to do this the Bible way, you need to be married. And, and you need to do things according to the word of God. Now, normally you allow a grace period. But for whatever reason, I don't know what spirit got on me. But that's what, that's what happened. And so they, they came back two Sundays later, and they were so excited. Carlos and Gabriella, they came to church, and, and they were so excited to tell me. They said, Pastor, we went and got married. And I said, man, that, that, is, that is apostolic authority right there. And so they began to come to church, and they've been faithful since about the beginning of October. And... She began to pray one day, and 
The Holy Ghost filled her as she was praying over on the left side of the church and in the sanctuary. And she began to, to weep and cry because she, was, she, was, she said, I, I've never felt anything like this before. I've never experienced something that I've experienced before. I've been searching for something like this all of my life. I've resorted to many different things. I've resorted to drugs. I've resorted to addiction. And I haven't been able to find the void that I have just been, that I have just received. I have received something in my life that I have never received before. Hallelujah. And it wasn't very long after, as they began to continue coming to church, that, that we had a service, and they were, they were sitting over on the left side, and, and Carlos was sitting on the front row, and he began to weep and cry as the word of God was preached and was delivered. And when the call for the altar call was, was given, he stepped out of his pew, and, and you have to understand our building is, is not very big. We don't have a very big altar, so one step is stepping out of your pew. And so he made a step forward toward the, the platform in the altar area, and he began to throw his hands in the air and cry out unto God for repentance. And the Bible, not the Bible, God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost on that Sunday morning. He said, I understand what you have been preaching. I've received a revelation. I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus because I understand I am lost. But pastor, I know right now that I have been found because I have been searching for what you have been preaching for. And I have finally found it. I have finally received it. I want to tell somebody today that that same spirit, that same promise, that same power is available to you this morning if you will just repent of your sins and you will just give your life to Jesus. He will fill you with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. May I preach to the saint of God. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost in a long time, today is your opportunity to be refilled with the infilling of the Holy Ghost because ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. If you desire to do things of God, if you desire to do something for the kingdom of God, you must have the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, you must be blessed of God. Amen. And so, a couple of weeks later, we gave them a Bible study. And it's really fun giving Bible studies after they've already received the Holy Ghost. Because then you just teach them what happened. And so, as we're teaching the Bible study, uh, I asked a couple questions at the end of the Bible study. Uh, one of them, generally when I, I finish a Bible study, I like to ask if, if we can repent together. And, and so we did that, and I said, can we, can we pray uh, for the infilling of the Holy Ghost? And I had forgotten that he had already received the Holy Ghost. Uh, but I said, can we baptize you tomorrow? This was on Saturday. I said, can we baptize you tomorrow? He said, yeah, we can, you, you can baptize me tomorrow after service. I said, okay. I said, here's the thing. He doesn't know this because we hadn't baptized anybody since he came to church. I said, we got to go to the ocean. And we don't have a baptistry here, and so we're going to have to go baptize you in, in the ocean, in the water. He said, oh, man, that's going to be cold. I said, yeah, it is. He said, but guess what? I get to go in with you, and so you're not struggling by yourself. I'm going to be in the water too. He said, okay. And so we woke up the next morning, and, and I got a little um, concerned because they were about an hour late to church. And I'm looking for him. I've, I've already told the church that we're baptizing Brother Carlos, and he's not there yet. 
And I'm, I'm really getting concerned because I'm not sure what's going to happen. I may be just speaking out of my head. But he showed up about an hour later uh, after service was, was almost finished right during the preaching. And I was a little discouraged because I thought maybe he had changed his mind. And so I asked him after service as we were going down to, to the water. I said, um, are, are you ready to do this? He said, yes. He said, you don't, you don't even know, Pastor. He said, this morning, the, the devil was talking to me. And I said, what, what, do you, what do you mean? He said, well, me and my wife got into a fight. And I said, oh, uh, your wife is the devil. That's dangerous. Better be careful. But he said, no, me and my wife got into an argument. He said, and, and she was trying to convince me that maybe today wasn't the day and maybe I wasn't ready. He said, but... But I know that there's something more for my life. He said, I know that that was just the enemy trying to plant a seed in my brain that I would be fearful and that I would have doubt in being baptized in Jesus' name. Can I tell you today that, that the water was cold, but can I tell you on the inside of Carlos, there was a burning fire that was shut up in his bones that no man can buy. You can't purchase it. You can't try to buy it. You can't sell it. But if God gives it unto you, it will be given unto you because God is a merciful God. And it is not just for the people of Mexico. It is not just for the people of the United States, but it is for everybody that is willing to step into the kingdom of God and give their life to Jesus. Hallelujah, I want to tell you today, if you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus because the Bible says that you cannot inherit the kingdom of God unless you are born of the water and born of the Spirit. And so if you're waiting today to be baptized, you don't have time to wait because today is the opportunity. Today is your opportunity. Today is your opportunity. Don't wait for another day. Don't wait for a more perfect opportunity. God is speaking to you right now that you need to be baptized in Jesus name hallelujah I wonder if we could lift up our hands and just begin to pray that God would create an atmosphere in this place that people would begin to make lifelong decisions and a decision that will change eternity for their life that there would be an atmosphere in this place that somebody could receive the Holy Ghost hallelujah oh, come on lift up your voice Hallelujah, let's offer up a sacrifice of praise and worship with our voice this morning. God wants to move in this place. God wants to touch heaven down to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In this place as it is in heaven. I believe that with all of my heart this morning. If you believe that, why don't you just put your hands together and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah, the Bible says that many signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak with a new tongue. They shall cast out devils. There are things that will come against them and they will not be hurt. But if they do it in my name, there is a power that comes unto them that no man is able to have except the Spirit of God be within him. I want to tell you today, you've got to have the power of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you because if you don't have the power of the Holy Ghost, you are not able to exercise the Spirit that God has given unto us. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. But ye shall receive power. Amen. Galatians chapter number 3 says that the blessing of Abraham, verse number 14, might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so all the way back, when Abraham was being blessed by God, you and I had a part in that inheritance. When God was blessing Abraham, and he was blessing the families and the descendants of Abraham, he knew that you would be in this house in Spokane, Washington, on the 7th of January, year 2024. He knew that there would be people that would be sitting on church pews that need the inheritance of the kingdom of God. And you and I are a, a part of that. We are a part of that inheritance. When you receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost and you apply his name to your life, you are an heir to the kingdom. Amen. And here's what's so cool is we, we naturally believe that you need to have the, the spirit of a servant. And it's the right thing to do that you are a servant. But when you are an heir to the king, you can begin to ask for things a little bit differently than just the servants can. Because when you know the father and when you know the king, you're able to ask for things that, that maybe you may never receive, but it's worth the ask because the king is in your side or on your side. And he's in your life. Amen. It's like when a child wants a toy at Target. They know that mom and dad are going to get it for them. If they just ask and ask and ask enough. If they're annoying enough, they may get that toy. It's the same in the kingdom of God. You don't have to be annoying though. All you have to do is call on the king and call on the father. Because we have a father that owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And if you're a child of the king, you're no longer just a servant. You're no longer just an individual that doesn't have any power. But when you You've inherited the kingdom. The king is on your side. I want to tell somebody today, we sang it already this morning, but if God has given you a promise, his promises are yea and they are amen. His word does not return void. And if you have a promise that has been given unto you, you best believe that God is going to fulfill that promise because God is a merciful God and God is a faithful God. He does not uh, he does not just cast away the promises that he has given unto you, but he knows every single promise that he has given unto you. And he is your father, and he is the king of all kings. Hallelujah. And he's using you and I, of all people in this world, to spread his gospel. But the reason that he's using you and I is because we are the blessed people of God. We are individuals that are distinct. We are separate. We have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. Matthew chapter number 5, verse number 14 says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so just like Moses, just like Aaron, just like the children of Israel, you and I have a radiant glow that illuminates our face. You and I have something that, that no man can give unto us. And it is the blessing of God. It's the favor of God. There's a saying that many of you probably have used that says favor ain't fair. 
And when something happens and there's a parking spot right in the front of Walmart and it's, it's a madhouse, it's Christmas season and there's so many people, but there's a parking spot right up front, favor ain't fair because you know who the king is and you know who the father of the cattle of a thousand hills is. Amen. I'm thankful to be a part of his kingdom. Amen. I'm thankful to be a part of something that is bigger than myself. Hallelujah. I don't want to be a part of something that is so small that my mind can comprehend, but I want the blessings of God to be greater than I can ever comprehend. Brother Mayo said this building will probably last about five years because that's what history would say. I believe if we begin to pray those prayers and we begin to believe those things, that God will begin to do things that our, our mind and our, our comprehension is unable to even attain and reach because God is a merciful God and he is faithful to the people who are blessed. Amen. First Peter chapter 2, verse number 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What is so unique to me about this verse of Scripture and the way the kingdom of God works, the Bible says that of men... There hath not been a greater than John the Baptist. He was the man that paved the way before Jesus Christ. But in verses following, the Bible says that even he that is least in the kingdom is greater than he. And so the man of men or of women that were born, John the Baptist was the greatest. But he that is least in the kingdom is even greater than John the Baptist. And what this means is John the Baptist was never able to receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. The new covenant occurred after the life of John the Baptist. And if you have the Holy Ghost today, you have a greater ministry than John the Baptist according to the Bible. Because even he that is least in the kingdom is greater than he. And I'm thankful that I don't serve just a God that is, that is willing to dish out small blessings and dish out things that are, that are small and, and punitive. But God is willing to give unto us blessings that we cannot even comprehend. The Bible says that he's willing to give us exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. And so today, if you've been asking small things, it's time to change your perspective here this morning and begin to ask things that God can give unto you. Maybe you've been praying prayers that you know God can answer, but what if, what if you began to pray prayers this morning that you know is impossible? Because with man, all things are impossible, but by the grace of God who is operating on the inside of us, all things are possible with Jesus Christ who is on our side. I want to encourage somebody today that you need to stop praying prayers that are small. You need to stop praying things that, that only are possible. I want you to begin to pray the impossible because God is able to do what is impossible in your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that we serve a God that is able to do the impossible? Hallelujah, I want to encourage you today that maybe you've been living under addiction. Maybe you've been living under things that, that you cannot comprehend and you can't quite get the monkey off your back, if you will, if you just begin to pray big prayers unto God. I believe that God will begin to answer those prayers one by one because God is a willing God and all he wants to do is bless you. If you would just lift up your voice and voice those things unto God, he will bless you. Man, there was a young lady, you can be seated, 
in our church that she's been really my, my right-hand man or woman, if you will. Um, she knows just enough English. Actually, she, she knows a lot of English, but she doesn't speak it. And so she has actually been, for the majority of, of the latter part of this year, she's been my translator. And so when I'm not preaching in Spanish, I utilize her uh, as my translator. And, and she was at school one day. Uh, she goes to school in Tijuana. She's in an accounting program. And she was in school and, and got connected to this young lady. And her name was Sandra. And she struck up a conversation with Sandra and began to talk to her about uh, God and, and religion and all of these things. And um, she invited her to church. She said, Sandra, why don't, you, why don't you come to the house of God with me? And what Melanie at the time didn't realize is that Sandra lives about an hour away from the church. And transportation in Mexico is not uh, very easy. Uh, if you're going to, to go from one place to another, if you don't have a car, you have to take taxis everywhere. And so the majority of people that, that live in the area take taxis. And so she came to church on a taxi that was one hour away. And she made it to the house of God. And she has been praying and seeking the Holy Ghost. She has not yet received it. But what is so intriguing to me is that Sandra saw something in Melanie that she didn't see in anybody else. Because what she was seeing was a light that was illuminating from the face of Melanie. It was the blessing that she was recognizing, she was seeing. And so I encouraged Melanie, I said, why don't you, why don't you try to teach her a Bible study? See if she'll, she'll accept and, and just sit down and teach her a Bible study. And so she's been coming to church for about five weeks, six weeks. Melanie sat down and taught her a Bible study, and she lays out the plan of salvation that you must believe, that you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, that you must receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And she began to ask some questions, naturally, because the Word of God is, is very confrontational. And she said, if, if I've been baptized in the titles, you're telling me that I'm not saved. And Melanie said, well... I'm not telling you that. The Bible's telling you that. And she began to ask some more questions and began to um, try to figure out what all this meant. And by the end of the Bible study, she told Melanie that I, I see what you are telling me. And I understand the importance of being baptized in Jesus' name. I have received a revelation. And it wasn't just because Sandra got it on her own. But it was because there was a young lady at school that was willing to allow the blessings of God illuminate from her face and be a light unto a world that is so dark and so, so vile. And I want to tell you today that, that just because there is spiritual wickedness in high places and there is great evil in this world, that does not mean that the evil in this world has to conquer the spirituality that you and I have. There may be things that are evil and that are wicked in our world, but there have always been evil and wickedness in our world, and things begin to wax worse and worse. And the only thing that is going to make anything better is the kingdom of God. 
The only thing that is going to make this world a better place to live in is if you and I are a light unto the people of our area and of our state and of our region because those people need to hear about the kingdom of God, that you cannot enter into the kingdom of God except you be born of the water and of the Spirit. And so Sandra went home, and she began to pray. It's so cool to me. Maybe it won't be cool to you, but it's cool to me. She began to pray, and she said that as she began to pray, she said, I've been praying for my grandfather for a number of weeks since I've been coming to church because he hasn't been able to walk in over three years. She said, I I just began to pray. And she said, one day I got up out of bed after praying. I walked into the living room and my grandfather was standing before me in the kitchen. And she said, he just got up one day and decided that I'm I'm just going to walk. I'm not going to be confined to this wheelchair. I'm not going to be confined to the medication that I'm taking on a daily basis. And so she began to tell Melanie this. And Melanie told her, you know what that is, Sandra? That's the prayers of an individual that knows what the kingdom of God is. These are prayers that are not just empty prayers. These are not just things that we pray to a God that cannot hear us. But you are praying mighty prayers because you serve a God that is on your side, that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. And so her grandfather went to the doctor and the doctor told her, or told him, you don't have to be in your wheelchair any longer and you no longer have to take those medications because there has been a miraculous touch and in your body and in your mind. And she said, when you get back home, pastor, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost and I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. And when I come to the house of God, I'm bringing my grandparents with me because God has done a miraculous work and I believe that it's only because of God that is on my side. Hallelujah, I want to tell you today that that's not just for Sandra and her grandparents. If you have a need in your body and you need a miracle today, we have a miracle worker in this place that is able to heal you of your problem. He's able to heal you of your addiction and he can fill you with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, I'm hurrying. Acts chapter number one, verse number four. The disciples are gathered together with Jesus after his resurrection and Jesus is teaching them and he tells them that you need to wait for the promise of the Father. And he tells them that John's baptism is not enough for salvation, but there's coming a day that you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And one chapter later we understand that this came to pass in Acts chapter number 2. There was a group of people that were united together that were united in one mind and in one accord, and they began to lift up their voice. And the Bible says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And the the Holy Ghost sat upon them like as of a fire. And, And this is so interesting to me because as Jesus is teaching the disciples, they they get a little distracted, which is not uncommon in our humanity to become distracted from the things of God. But they ask him, they say, when will you restore again the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus does not fully rebuke them, but he tells them essentially 
This is none of your business. This is out of your pay grade. You don't need to be concerned about the restoration of Israel. He says, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But he began to tell them that, that the, the conversation needs to shift because the conversation is, is now a distraction toward the restoration of Israel, but that's not ready to, to be fulfilled. He said that you need to receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And I'm going to tell you that you're going to be witnesses of me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and unto the uttermost part of the earth. What he basically told them is you don't need to worry about the restoration of this world because the only thing that is going to restore this world back to its sanity is the kingdom of God and is the power of God. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. The best answer for a world that is in distress is Jesus Christ. The best answer for the needs that are in your life is Jesus Christ. The best answer for our government and for our politicians is Jesus Christ. The best answer for the government of Israel is Jesus Christ. The only way that this world is going to be restored is through the message and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we don't need fewer churches. We need more churches. We don't need fewer missionaries. We need more missionaries. We don't need fewer Bible studies. We need more Bible studies because God is trying to restore the kingdom of God, but the only way that it can happen is if there is a man and if there is a woman that is blessed of God, that is able to proclaim the good news and the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Money is not going to do it. Another religion is not going to do it. Power is not going to do it. But by the grace of God, Jesus can do it because he holds all power in his hands. There are some that trust in horses. There are some that trust in chariots. But I choose to trust in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. It is our mission to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. From the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus would preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He would go on to say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because Jesus transcends every culture. Jesus transcends every language. He transcends every ethnicity, every status, every financial uh, situation. He transcends all of those. Because when we step into the house of God, when we come sit on a pew, you and I are the same. We are an heir to the inheritance of the kingdom of God. We don't have any differences. We don't have any different colors of skin. The message is the message. And it still says the same thing that it did way back then as it does now. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of of the Holy Ghost. Pedro les dijo, arrepentios y bautícese cada uno de vosotros en el nombre de Jesucristo para perdón de los pecados y recibiréis el don del Espíritu Santo. I want to tell you that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be 
saved. La Biblia nos dice, no hay otro nombre, en el, no, no hay otro nombre bajo el cielo dado a los hombres en que podamos ser salvos. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is liberty in the name of Jesus. The Bible says unto us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Donde está el Espíritu del Señor, allí hay libertad. I, there is freedom in this place. There is power in this place. And if you need any of those things, we serve a God that is able to give unto you the name that is above every name because the message of Jesus Christ has never changed. It's been the same all the way back in the upper room. It's the same experience that we can have today. And if you just tap into the Spirit, God will begin to bless you. Hallelujah, all across this house. If you would just lift up your voice, lift up your hands. Hallelujah, would you begin to create an atmosphere in this place that God would begin to touch people, that there would be an individual that would receive the inheritance of the kingdom of God by receiving the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I wonder if there's anybody today that has a need in their body, that you have a need in your family, that you're tired of living the way that you're living. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think because we don't serve a God that is just dead. We don't serve a God that sits on a shelf, but we serve a God that is able to do more than enough. I wonder if there's anybody that has a testimony that would be able to say, I'm a recipient of a more than enough God. I'm a recipient of a God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. The Bible tells unto us that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. If you would just throw your hands in the air and begin to give God the praise that you deserve to give God. Hallelujah, there's people in this place seeking the Holy Ghost. I wonder if you would just begin to reach out to somebody that has stepped forward in this altar and you would begin to pray with them that they would receive what God has given unto them. Hallelujah, this is kingdom business in this place. There's an opportunity for people to receive something that they've never ever felt in this life before. Hallelujah, it's able, to, it's able to bind every addiction. It's every, able to bind every fear. It's able to bind anything that can come between you and I. But by the grace of God, he is operating in this place. And if you lift up your voice and lift up your hands, God is willing. He will not turn anybody away but all that come unto him, he will receive. And by his name, you shall be healed. By his name, you shall receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. By his name, you shall receive power. By his name, you shall receive more than you've ever received before. I wonder if those that wouldn't, are not praying, I wonder if you would find somebody that is seeking the Holy Ghost, that you would believe that where two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be in the midst of them. Hallelujah, if just one person receives the Holy Ghost, it's an open door for somebody else to receive the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, if just one person receives a miracle, 
there's room and there's an opportunity for more people in this place to receive a miracle. Hallelujah, God is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but I want to tell you that there is a promise in this place there's a promise of the Holy Ghost and it is to you and it is to your children and to all that are afar off yes hallelujah hallelujah quench not the spirit pray without ceasing Hallelujah, don't stop praying until you're speaking in tongues. Don't stop praying until God gives you cloven tongues like as a fire, as the Holy Ghost gives the utterance. Yes, hallelujah, I rebuke every spirit of fear. I rebuke every spirit of doubt that is in this house. But I believe that ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 